Fantasian football, everybody. It's a wonderful Friday. Get ready for the weekend. We have some good player profiles here for you. Players that you should be fans of in your fantasy leagues this year. We have our boy, home local for Nathan. You want to give him the grand introduction? Dude, I would love to give my boy a little shout out early in the game today on a beautiful Friday over. I'm actually in Charleston today, man. How's it looking in Columbia today? It's looking good. It's looking good. We actually just had our camping trip with the youth canceled for tomorrow because the rain's supposed to come tomorrow. But today looks good. I tell you one thing, dude. I got a bachelor party tomorrow. Shout out to my boy Jamie Anderson getting married. Anyway, that's a little quick shout out. Let's but go. Um, back to what we're doing today. Um, I guess yeah, he's a hometown proud that I actually know a lot about. Um, but his name's Hunter Renfro from Clemson University. He's definitely a guy that I can see in years to come to put up some good numbers in the NFL. He was a round five pick, number one forty ninth overall. He went to school. Sakasti. Can you say that for me? Because I was actually <laughs> hey, asked. Oh my God. It's Sakasti. Sakasti. Uh, Ainer played him, man. Yeah, Sakasti High School, kind of near the beach. Back when I played high school, they were a 3A school. We were 2A. We scrimmaged them a couple times whenever Hunter was on the team. So I know that my wife, your sister, actually was questioning if y'all actually played them. So you just scrimmaged them? Yeah, so back whenever I did play at Aner, uh, we just scrimmaged him, you know, every once in a while. We'll see him at something called passing leagues, kind of like seven on sevens. I've seen him show out in very, very early in his career, so it kind of feels good to see where he's at now. Little boy from South Carolina, going to make it big. I know you were star quarterback there over there at Aner. What was he playing with <laughs> over there at Sakasti? Yeah, he played quarterback, man. He, uh, they, played a tr- they played a triple option, so he was the quarterback. He basically did everything, man. He was versatile, basically just reading down linemen, sprinting outside, pitching it whenever he needed to pitch it. Didn't throw it very much, man. Nobody really thought he was going to be a wide receiver coming out. But if he was going to make it big, he definitely needed to play wide receiver. So he definitely chose the right position, obviously. He did choose, and he also chose the right school. Kind of what's amazing about him is he received offers from typical Southern Bible Belt colleges that like the little small country white boys, you know, like (laughs) Presbyterian and Wofford and Gardner-Webb. But but he chose to walk on to Clemson. That was pretty amazing, wasn't that? Actually, because um, from what I know and kind of what I know about him, I know he was going to go to Appalachian State. So he was going to play at Appalachian State, and that's just kind of what I heard from my end of viewpoint. But he did want to play at Clemson ever since he was born, I believe. And so he, he chose Clemson, preferred walk-on. You know how that story goes. Scout team every day, grinded it out that whole freshman year. And Dabo loves the kids. Now look at him now. Like you said, grinding it out, he was beating. I heard stories of him beating the talent of Mackenzie Alexander, top-rated cornerback currently for the Minnesota Vikings, beating him constantly. And Mackenzie Alexander being upset because he's just like, how's this walk-on white guy beating me (laughs) on all these routes? And, and you know, like, low-key, he's got to be saying, who is this little white dude trying to juke me out? 
Put the little foot in the ground, go the other way. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's crazy, dude. It is, it is. And in 2015, he was given a scholarship. So that was huge. Dabo mm-hmm. Sweeney kind of gave it out to him. It's something that they don't do all the time, but he said he saw something in him initially. It was only good for one year. You have to earn it every year. But he said that Hunter's a great example of don't judge a book by its cover. Sweeney said to the entire team, because he damn sure doesn't look like a football player. I'm just telling <laughs> it like it is, but this old boy can ball. That's, that's a damn oh, Sweeney true, quote. Man. You look at my man, he looks like he's going to be a waiter at a restaurant or something like that, but my man <laughs> balls, bro. I tell you what, now, I love it, man. He makes people like me feel good that, hey, maybe I can play football. You know what I'm saying, dude? Dude, I love it, man. I love it. He finished with the most starts at wide receiver and consecutive games with the reception. Fifth all-time in receptions behind, can you guess, the five players that he's behind and as far as receiving goes in Clemson? Receiving, like, off the top of my head, you know DeAndre Hopkins is up there. He's definitely got to be up there in Clemson. Um, if I were to say, I'd definitely say DeAndre Hopkins is in front of him. Um, let me try to think of another one. Maybe Martavius Bryant. I mean, is he up there? Is that is that a, is that a shot out of the cannon? That's actually no? a good guess, but he's not on the list. Dang, who, who's ahead of him, man? I know, so I know it's DeAndre Hopkins. Who else is out there? All right, yeah, Sammy you got, you is got, it Sammy? Yep, Sam, your boy Sammy's on there. Uh, so, the, so the big NFL guy. So here's the list in order. We got. Artavis Scott, all right. Mm. He actually played with Hunter Renford during most of the championship years. You got yep. Sammy Watkins at number two. You got our boy AK, Aaron Kelly, at number three. You know, I say that because Aaron Kelly, AK 47, <laughs> is in our fantasy league. He's actually really good. Uh, he's one of the best players, and uh, it's funny. But you think, what, what, could you see him playing? You saw him. Didn't you actually see him one day at Wild Wings? Could you see him playing wide receiver? <laughs> Talk about AK. Yeah, man. He be giving his heart out to it, man. <laughs> Come on, AK. You can play wide out, bro. Do some... <laughs> you got it. And then we got DeAndre Hopkins, like you said, Nuke number four. And then we got Hunter Renfro rounded out at five. So that's actually some really good talent. You're talking about I'm not sure who Aaron Kelly is, honestly, but you're talking about Artavis Scott, Sammy Watkins, and DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke all in the NFL. Two of them first-round talents and, and just balling out in the NFL level. So Hunter Renfro's in really good company. You're talking about the 2017 National Championship game. Painting this picture, they were trailing Alabama 31-28 and needed two yards. Who they call upon? Mm-hmm. They called upon Renfro. That's who they did. <laughs> Dude, and I, I can't even express this enough in this whole podcast. It hurts me to be a South Carolina fan and see him do as good as he did with Clemson. That shows you how unbiased I am because I'm talking about this dude balling at Clemson, killing my Gamecocks year in and year out, and I still respect him. So, I mean, it hurts me, but, I mean, it's good for the kid, and I know that it's great that he was actually hometown hero too, man. But it hurts me deep down. Like, deep down, it kind of hurts, you know? <laughs> Got to get some of that good country down south Clemson cooking and then heal heal your heal your soul. I need the soul food, bro. So soul food. Some soul let your soul glow. <laughs> uh, hey, so this man he led the ACC and ranked 12th among all FBS wide receivers in 2018 with a 
2% drop rating. Can you believe, I mean, 2% drop rating, and that's, that's amazing. I probably fumble with buttering my bread in the morning more than, than he actually ever fumbled with catching a ball. <laughs> Dude, 2%, so that means he's, what, 98%? You throw it to him, he's going to catch it 98% of the time? That's ridiculous, man. Dude, put that in perspective, man. That's, that's kind of wild. 98% you throw the ball either up to him, throw it to him in the slant, he's going to catch it. Dang. And you're talking about in the ACC, of course, it's not the SEC, but he led the ACC in that drop rating. He was 12th among all FBS schools. I mean, that's an and incredible that's, I, I guess that's something that a lot of people don't talk about either. I mean, they always like give the fact that he's a leader and, you know, that he kind of really shines through his performance and shines through exactly hey, like who the character of Hunter Renfro is. And so they never really talk too much about his stats, like even – before doing this podcast, like looking at it, I was like, I didn't really know how much the stat statistics were, but at the end of the day, I feel like he's the guy you want on your team to win a ball game. Like evidently it worked for him at Clemson. So I can definitely see the Raiders even being better with this kid. And you mentioned the Raiders. That's who drafted him round five, 149th pick overall. And you're talking about the Oakland Tigers. You're talking about <laughs> Clemson West right here, right? They, they drafted Cleland Farrell, Hunter Renfro, and Trayvon Mullen. They also drafted Josh Jacobs, running back Alabama. So it's like it's like Mike Mayock and Josh Gruden. They just they, yeah. or John Gruden. They just watched the championship game and they're like, okay, we're gonna pick everybody from this game. You know? But seriously, man, I literally kid you not. Being from South Carolina, looking on Twitter, I seen about six tweets. It's like, hey, I'm now an Oakland Raiders fan. <laughs> like, I mean, it's evident that all these people in South Carolina are going to start, like, buying Raiders jerseys for all these Clemson players, man. It's, it's wild, but, I mean, at the end of the day, look at the Raiders. They might have made some smooth pickups, bro. Really did. They really did. I really like what they're doing. I think that John Gruden is actually making his move to say, hey, I did not just take over Tony Dungy's team. Um, this is my team. And if he get paid as much as he's getting paid, man, he better do some – you know, and it t what's his contract, 10 years? I don't know. I know he's there for 10 years, but making hella guap. 100 like, mil. Yeah. Mayo, yeah, that's crazy. guap, mayo. Yeah. <laughs> making that guap. So before we move on to the NFL level, I just want to go back. A any memories of Renfro at high school or at, at Clemson yeah. that you oh, can but. mention? Yeah, so I know um, personally, like, kind of around my area, there's, like, kind of a Heisman-type deal, like, around the WPDE zone. I mean, it's like a—so it's called a WPDE zoneman. I think it was almost two or three years in a row Hunter won it. But the reason is that he literally would just ball on these kids with, like, as far as his juke stick and stuff like that, as far as whenever he puts his foot in the ground and go, because, like I said, he was a quarterback, so he never really caught the ball that I saw. He also played safety, whatever. But my biggest memory of him is just seeing him always on the TV for the local news station to see him getting the WPD's omen. Like, year in and year out, man. It was unbelievable. It was really cool, though. Yeah, that's got to be something amazing just to have witnessed that the whole time and then kind of see him get raised up and come to this point where he's doing amazing things, which is one of my favorite memories, just kind of diving everywhere. 
I, I mm. look at his highlights and literally it's, he's just always either diving back, diving to the sideline, diving forward. It reminds me of like when I was a kid and I used to always want to jump whenever I caught the ball just to like act, yeah. to give that extra little ump of like, oh, I'm really doing something. It's like every play uh, he's like just kind of jumping and, and making it a little bit more theatrical. I really oh, enjoy it. crazy. And also his spin moves, man, they are like literally people would try to tackle him in high school. And they couldn't because he would just do, like, two spin moves back-to-back. Back. Like, it's unbelievable. It was crazy. I remember that, like, very vividly, though, dude. It's wild. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. I can't wait to see some of that on the next NFL level. I definitely think he could do that. So I want to talk about the next level now, the NFL. He's a Mike Mayock kind of guy. Yeah. Mayock, ironically, had OBJ projected higher than any expert in 2014. He's really good at projecting people. He was always good at, or he was known for throwing out the last mock draft. So after all the experts put out their mock drafts, he wouldn't put out any. They would put out like three or four rough drafts, and then they would put out their last one, which is like their fifth mock draft. But he would put out only one, and it was the mock draft to trump them all. So that's why he was kind of taken into this position as GM. And for him to pick Renfro and to say that I see a lot in him, it's, it's amazing to, to know that because he's done a lot of good work of looking at kids. And, and one of the key traits that he saw in his players as he's grown, as I look back at a, quite a few of the old mock, mock drafts, and one of the big things is one that he would say about their character, Mariota. He said, if you're going to bet on a kid, you bet on an athlete who's smart as heck with a great work ethic. He says that Hunter Renfro has an innate ability to separate and fell in love with him at the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Can you explain? Yeah, I can tell. Like, right, like, my thoughts on that as far as that senior bowl goes, I feel like Hunter had that little drive within him kind of be like, okay, this is my time to actually get away from Clemson. Let me really show the capability of my ability, not just kind of how the leader he is. Like, so that really like set himself aside. That's like this dude can really do good in the NFL. I mean, because obviously when you go to the NFL, when you're a rookie, you can't really – I mean, you can be as much as a leader as you can, but you need to learn from those older guys that have been there for so long. And like him being with Antonio Brown, like a huge name like that, man, and all these receivers that are going to the Raiders, it's going to be unbelievable to watch, to be honest. Yeah, you're right. And he actually was debating about even going to the Senior Bowl, but he decided mm. to go – and it was really good for him. He ended up with five catches for 63 yards and a very noteworthy punt return. And again, he allowed Mike Mayock to fall in love with him because he was able to actually see him up close and personal and see just how well he was able to separate, which is a key trait that Mike Mayock kept on alluding to is that his, his ability to separate, to get open quick, was one of the big reasons they picked him up. Oh, yeah, that good route running ability, man. The, the, us white dudes, man, we got to be good at route running <laughs> to get that separation. <laughs> but I love it, man. I love it. He believes that Carr is going to love Renfro as well. Look mm-hmm. at an interview. He believes that Carr is going to love Renfro as all the great quarterbacks love a wide receiver who can get open quickly is what he alluded to. So with the defense pressuring in on them, they need a Wes Welker. They need a Julian Edelman. Yeah. They need someone who could get open quickly, and that's what he's referring to with his innate ability to separate in the first two seconds, three seconds, five seconds of the ball. 
get off. It's going to be an incredible safety valve for Derek Carr. So, again, Mayock believes that Derek Carr is going to love Renfro. He also even predicted that the Raiders would trade up to snag Carr in 2014 draft. Everyone thought that they would just jettison Carr away and they were going to go after Kyler Murray. And, I mean, that was silly. That's silly. Like, yeah. they love the guy. And, and someone else loves the guy. We don't want to expand too much on Carr because this is this is Renfro's time. But you it's love – this time you love car this year so i want to hear and since they're going to be connecting i want to hear what your thoughts about that your thoughts a little bit about car what you have him ranked maybe next year among the elite quarterbacks and, and, and how much of an impact renfro is going to help in elevating him to the next level Oh, buddy, yeah. You hit the nail on the head, man. So I actually do believe in Derek Carr, man. So you can even tell that whenever we were doing, personally, that little uh, March Madness, shout out to the March Madness bracket, the only quarterback that I actually picked was Derek Carr. So it is interesting to me because I know that two years ago he was in the MVP conversation. A lot of people thought about that because he had a down year last year. Um, John Gruden came in. You know, things are a little bit different. You have, to get, you have to get used to the system. The reason I believe in Derek Carr, all these new weapons that are coming to him a year under John Gruden's belt with him, and so that experience that way, I can really see them connecting, getting the new pickups, Tyrell Williams, Antonio Brown, Hunter Renfro. These kids right now, they're just going to connect. I feel like Derek Carr, as far as my projection, I'd have him as a top 10 quarterback. Easily. I wouldn't say top five, nothing like that, but a firm believer of him being a top 10 quarterback. Um, he might even be my quarterback in a lot of fantasy leagues this year. I like that. So you're saying he is definitely a starting quarterback, a quarterback one in 12-man yeah. leagues, even in 10-man leagues. So I do mm -hmm. like that. I think it's a great pick. Everybody, he has not been far too removed from the MVP discussion. Everyone just is doubting him but I definitely feel like he could get back on track. So I do like that Hunter Renfro and him already have that connection as Mike Mayock shares. They have a connection in the same way as their belief. Of course, they are really both upfront about their, their Christianity. Whenever Derek Carr mentioned how he got his big contract and he was able to make more money so that he could give away more money, Hunter Renfro was all about that, tweeting it and just kind of loving him even before he was a Raider. This was just in his general conversation about his money. Hunter Renfro's main Twitter line is Jesus is King. They're not the Tim Tebow's of the world. That is Tebow's calling. Uh, but Carr and Renfro, they love Christ. And just as much as that is there is a connection they could share on and off the field. I definitely feel like that's going to bring them together as, as brothers in Christ. And it's going to be something that really helps them out. How does that translate onto the field, though? Is it something that's really going to allow them to connect in, in the, that fashion? Oh, yeah, man. Um, with Derek Carr and Hunter being the people that they are, as far as, like, loving Jesus and actually, you know, do all these things for the community, evidently. You know, even I looked at it today. Hunter Renfro actually has a has a website now. It's one of the HunterRenfro.com, just like we were talking about Debo in our last <laughs> podcast. He actually has his own website. But it's basically for the community of these two guys that be, like, as unselfish as they are. That connection is even going to grow greater within each other, man. It's going to be exciting to watch, and I feel like on the field it will translate because you got two level-headed people that are going to be able to go on the field, be unselfish, and just ball out when they need to ball out. I like what you said, too, just unselfish, and I, I believe that's going to show up 
especially when you got someone like Antonio Brown who's going to want it. Yeah. Renfro's just going to get it when he can, and Derek Carr's just going to give it when he can. Uh, Yo, that's the thing. AB's going to be there. You know, that, that might try to shake things up, but I feel like hopefully Antonio Brown, you know, simmers, tries to listen. But, you know, I can't even say what Antonio Brown's going to do. Nobody knows what my man's going to do. <laughs> no, no, nobody knows what he's going to do for sure, but he definitely is a talent, and he definitely adds – a whole another dimension to that Raiders offense. When Hunter Renfro was signed, he did something that maybe a lot of draftees wouldn't do. He actually went on Twitter and he sends a heartfelt message to Raider Nation after being drafted, basically saying ready to send Oakland outright, going to Las Vegas. When he mentioned that, the real <laughs> thing that it brought up was that they are going to be going to Vegas, right? So Vegas, Vegas baby. Hey, what happens in Vegas stays, stays in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> now. And what happened in Oakland is going to stay in Oakland because they're not going to try yeah, to bring that trash over there anymore. Now. They're trying to change it. Golden State, they're going to stay there as well. Anyway, that's basketball. <laughs> true, true. Since they're going to Vegas, what are the odds that mm -hmm. Renfro – is the second best receiver next year. So their depth chart currently is Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, Marcel Aitman, who I'm actually kind of rooting for. I pulled a Aitman autographed trading card, and so if he blows up, then heck, man, I guess I got me a, a good card worthy of something. Ooh, little eight. Hey, little gambler over here, gambling on some players. I like it. <laughs> little Marcel Aitman, so I'm hoping, I'm wishing. And then Keon Hatcher, Saeed Blackmall, and Ryan Grant. I feel like at least three of them are going to be practice squad worthy. With that lineup, can he be the number two wide receiver? No. I mean, if I'm being straightforward, he's not going to be the number two guy on the depth chart. I'd say... With J.J. Nelson, man, I could definitely see J.J. Nelson and Hunter Renfro, like, splitting time for a little bit. Um, you know, both slot guys are both really quick. But when it comes to the number one and number two, I see A.B. and Tyrell Williams, of course. That's one and two right there. I mean, Renfro needs his time to actually develop a little bit. I mean, it's a big league out there, bro. NFL's not college. I feel like some people have a learning curve. Some people don't have a learning curve. I mean, some people come in there, ball straight up. I see him as maybe a 3.5. Let me give him a 3.5. On the depth chart. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm sure he probably had a 3.5 as his college GPA, too. <laughs> Shout out. Nah, it was probably 4.0, bro. You think 4.0? <laughs> I bet it was a 4.0. I don't know, but it's got to be between the 3.5 Let's say 3.75. Let's say 3.75. Call it even. <laughs> Call it even. I like it. I like it. I definitely think he will be that slot role. But, yeah, Tyrell Williams, he's just proven it. Antonio Brown on the other side. They're going to be running the ball. I know that John Gruden loves to run the ball. They got Joshua Jacobs, Jalen Rashard, and they have another boy named Chris Warren that they drafted last year, who's also a big body guy. So they're definitely going to run the ball a little bit more and then get it into their playmakers' hands, which right now is A.B. and Tyrell. Sleeper alert for Marcel Aitman. I, I, I'm going to look into it a little bit more. I'm going to look into hey, it a little hey, bit hey, more. Hey, just let y'all know, Abe will do these sleepers. Low-key, they be coming up, balling out in fantasy. Like, just, just keep your heads up. Like, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. It will. It will. I'm not calling it now. I want it to happen. Let me do a little bit more research. Let me see yeah. what he does during the preseason. But 
Marcel Aitman right now, just kind of keep it on the radar. What yeah, I, or, or did you just buy the card and you're like, all right, so now that I bought this card, I hope this dude balls. Oh, well, no, no. So I pulled it. So I like, uh, so I, there was a, a pack of cards that I had. And so I basically yeah. pulled it. So it was like, a, you know, you get lucky. You may get a Deshaun Watson rookie card signed. You may get a Marcel Aitman rookie card signed. I got the Marcel Aitman. Hey, come on, let the dude ball. I like it. I like that, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, let's keep the craps rolling. Keep the roulet spinning. Seven, Over seven, and under. Seven, seven, seven. Seven-eleven. Backdoor little Joe. All right, so let's, let's do a little bit of over-unders, okay? Hunter right. Renfro. Receptions over or under 60 receptions? I'd say under 460 receptions. Uh, my justification in that is just because there's a lot of weapons out there for Derek Carr. So given that fact that he he's going to get, if I had to put a straight number on it, I'm going to say like 52 because I like to be precise in that kind of stuff. So if it happens, it's pretty cool. My decision would definitely be under. Receiving but, yards, we have 400 over or under 400 400 uh definitely under for me as well it's not that i'm trying to like hurt my man because i believe in him when it comes to the receiving yards i'm gonna stay under for 400 there's antonio brown out there hunter rimpro is not gonna be the juju smith schuster out of college i don't believe but um yeah i'd say under for that as well Little foreshadowings of who else we're talking about this weekend. Little Juju Smith Schuster is Juju. our first NFL fan podcast that we will be doing, and someone that we do believe in this season. And we're a fan of. I'm a huge fan of my man Juju. Huge fan, huge fan. Touchdowns five over or under. I say right on the mark with five. I can definitely see five touchdowns, maybe even over, because that goal line threat, whenever he does get open, like you saw it in the national championship, that win, it was like a two-yard pass. Yeah, they might have scrubbed a little bit whenever they ran by. I always say that, but, I mean, a touchdown's a touchdown. So, yeah, I can say over for five. I'd say over for five. Over for five. I like it. I like it. And you're the gambling man. I'm not going to gamble, man. So I'm, not, I'm just going <laughs> to say that I'll go with you. And push my chips in on you, but catch me on the roulette tables, the poker tables, man. I love it, love it. So you like the roulette tables? I know that you like poker too. We kind of just started getting into poker. I know. Well, you got into it, and then you came over to the house, and I actually taught you a couple other poker type of games. Do you? Do you oh, have they a, got me hyped too. I loved them. I loved them. Do you have a favorite variation of poker that I, that you were able to learn? Oh, uh, the very. What's the one that? Let me think. The good, the bad. And the ugly. Yeah. Like, y'all look yeah. that up. That game's fun. You can bet on it. Bet with bottle caps. I don't care what it is. It can be money. Game's fun. Yes, definitely, definitely. is a lot of variations of poker, and the good and the bad and ugly is one of our favorites. The real big question right here is you got to leave Vegas. It's about that time. You got to go home back to reality. You're trying to make one more push and, and make as much money as you can. Are you pushing all your chips in on Hunter Renfro? Is he worth it? Am I going to push all my chips in? Nah, I'll put about, I'll put 50 or 50% 50 of my chips. The reasoning is when, I, when I'm looking about Hunter, when it comes to a fantasy aspect, I would definitely, I'd like to have him on my team, on my bench in a dynasty league. 
um, just because he, he has the potential to actually do a lot more in the NFL. But, yeah, I think I would put about 50% of my chips in O'Hunter. You know, I, I'll throw a little bit. I'll throw some cash out there because he's my, he's my boy from, you know, Horry County. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably put 50%. All in? Nah, I can't do that. I'm a straightforward dude. I'm a fan of my man. I want him to succeed. 50% of my chips. 50%. That's still at least a good take home if he's able oh. to come up with at least a halfway decent season. So I need to ask, as far as where he rates among the other rookie wide receivers, we're talking about pro football focuses, final wide receiver rankings for the 2019 NFL draft. Do you feel like Hunter Renfro is better than any of these wide receivers? They have it ranked in this order to 12. Hunter Renfro is not on this list. So is he better than any of these receivers? We have DK Metcalf at one, AJ Brown at two, JJ Arcega Whiteside at three, Andy Isabella at four, Marquise Hollywood Brown at five, Hakeem Butler at six, Debo Samuel at seven, Debo, Nikhil Harry at eight, Terry McLaurin at nine, Riley Ridley at ten. Deontay Johnson at 11, and Kelvin Harmon at 12. Is he better than any of those wide receivers? This is my outtake on that. I will tell you straight up, that is probably a pretty accurate 12-man lineup as far as the best that came out of the draft. But the thing about Hunter is that he is – he doesn't care about his statistics. These guys that are you just named are probably going to be great statistically, possibly even better than Hunter's. But if you're wanting to win football games, Hunter's going to make the catch on third down. He's going to get the touchdown whenever there's two minutes left. That's not showing when it comes to that, like statistically. I would definitely say I could see him top 15 coming out as a wide receiver. But, yeah, that, that that's pretty accurate. I don't think he should be in there as far as when it comes to that statistically. But when you get Hunter, you're getting a guy that's going to play his heart out each game, you know, actually be a leader whenever he's going to be able to do that with his play on the field. You throw it to him on third down, third and one, third and five, third and ten. He's going to make the catch. That's not something that shows up whenever they're doing, like, the NFL scout. Um, but, yeah, I say that's a pretty accurate 12-man lineup there. I love that. Yep, you're right. I believe that is very true. I do have him at least in my top 12, though. So I will sneak him in at 11, right ahead of Deontay mm -hmm. Johnson, dropping Kelvin Harmon down out of the top 12. I just think that he will perform. I think that they are going to try to find ways to get the ball to him. And he's going to show up in ways, as you said, when it really counts. I do have a feeling like he's going to get a lot of red zone touchdowns just kind of being smaller and being able to get open quickly as Mike Mayock discussed that he's able to do. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that too, man. I mean, a lot of people even coming out, they were thinking that Hunter would be the perfect guy for Tom Brady, you know, that, that he should go to the Patriots. But it ain't like that in the NFL, man. Like they, they definitely draft who they want to draft. And so seeing him go to the Raiders, I was happy because – not being a New England fan, so that's cool. But, you know, I agree with you, man. Like, that definitely is a, that's a good outtake on that, man. No, I love the, all the little memes and, and the gifts of Bill Belichick, like, kind of throwing a little – well, he doesn't really throw fits, <laughs> but kind of like having a little look like Hunter Renfro's off the board and then Bill Belichick's giving his okay. little look that 
isn't like showing any emotion, but showing all the emotion at once. We're kind of wrapping up here, but I kind of wanted to talk about the man himself, Mr. Hundred Million Dollars, John Gruden. Just the fact that this is his draft. This is oh yeah, this is the time that he actually needed that. And I'll tell you one thing: he's a Gruden grinder. You forgot about the Gruden grinders Gruden on the grinder. <laughs> Monday Night Football. I love it, Gruden grinder. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Right. This is his draft. One thing that I saw that was pretty cool to see is Hunter Renfro interviewed Tim Brown. In the interview with Hunter Renfro, he basically asked him what kind of impact John Gruden had on his career. And Tim Brown literally said he would not be in the Hall of Fame without John Gruden. And this is kind of crazy. So listen to this. He had 44 touchdowns in 11 seasons. He had 44 touchdowns in four seasons with John Gruden. What do you think about that? Dude, that is crazy, man. That just shows you what John Gruden's about, man. Like, give him another year. Give him two years with the Raiders. You'll see some, like, you'll see some good stuff. I mean, that's crazy. So he jumped from 44 touchdowns to 88 touchdowns in four seasons. That's ridiculous. Dang, man. That just gives me, like, put me with John Groove, man. Let me talk to my man for, like, two days. I'll go to the NFL. He might hype me up. I might be in I might be in the booth with Monday Night Football or something with Jason Witten, RIP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely not. He's, he's an offensive mastermind, and he essentially played his own team in Super Bowl 37. They called it the Pirate Bowl because it was the Bucks versus the Raiders. That Raiders team was John Gruden's team. Basically, everyone is trying to say that that was Tony Dungy's team. But you know what? That don't impress me much. That Tonight. don't impress me much. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You think that Don't do some Shania Twain around me now. Yeah. Well, Shania Twain actually performed at that halftime show. So that ah, dude, I like what you did there, yeah. Shania Twain. <laughs> uh, yeah. And... However, I mean, he was literally playing his old team. He did, he did build up that team. And just think what he's going to be able to do with this offense. I'm, I'm excited to see exactly what he is going to do this next year. And I want to see if Hunter Renfro is a top 10 selection of the wide receiver positions for rookie-only drafts. We talked about the rankings that Pro Football Focus had. But would you pick Hunter Renfro over any of those wide receivers stated earlier? Yes, that I definitely would. And and that might be a little bit because I have favoritism towards Hunter, you know, being from South Carolina, because I like to have those guys on my fantasy team. Um, if I can snag Debo before you snag Debo, you know I'm going to snag Debo this year. Little throw up, you know, that's going to happen. I might snag Debo, but I, I would definitely I'd get Hunter for sure. Oh, I really like what you said about that. So, again, remember, we are fans of who we are fans of. We like to enjoy the game, all right? It doesn't have to be about competitive and being the best and figuring out what the experts are saying so that you could have this best ultimate team. It's about enjoying your league, enjoying your teams, and why not pick a Hunter Renfro if he comes from your hometown? Why not pick a Debo Samuel if he's playing for your favorite team? Why not enjoy 
fantasy football and actually be a fan of the game. I just love Ooh, stand how, on that soapbox. Stand on that soapbox. Preach, boy. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just I love how you said that. And that's awesome, man, because it's a personal preference and sometimes you just gotta go with that. And you know what? Sometimes it's gonna work out for you. And, and so I really want to just kind of encourage you all out there in the fantasy world to be fans of who you are fans of. Believe in that because we believe and it has worked out for us in the past and it will continue to work out. It's a strategy that is tried and true because if you believe in someone, that means you've watched them enough. You know who they are and their tendencies and you know what they can contribute if given the right opportunities and given the right situation. Ooh, man, Abe, you were sweating after that one, boy. He wanted to say that. He was sweating. He was jumping up. I think he I think he even jumped like a 40-inch vertical right there whenever whenever I said that. Boy, he was hype. I love it. Ready for the combine. Ready for the combine. I should have hit you with like one of those Bible Belt preachers. Ha! And so go uh, ahead and uh, make sure that you're picking the favorite player from the Super Bowl. Ha! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. said, I say enough, I Lord, uh, you <laughs> preaches me. Uh. <laughs> yes, yes, brother. Yes, brother. Yeah, well, I tell you what, like you said, I was getting hot there. I was getting all wrapped up in that conversation, and it's about time for us to fan out. Oh, that's how hot you was getting, my man. You beat me to it. But yeah, it's getting kind of hot. About that time to fan out. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We're going to be talking about players all year we're trying to go 365 whether it be articles whether it be youtube videos whether it be the podcast the podcast that we have coming up this week is going to be about juju smith schuster so if you're excited juju. if you're excited to hear about that boy juju go ahead and subscribe and you'll make sure to get all of the new releases we're only going to get better i already feel like we've made a jump from the first episode to this episode and we're just going to get better. We're just going to continue to improve. And we really want to hear from you and see how we're doing.